Hello, Abbots and Costellos. <laughs> this is Mixtress Ray, and I'm here with Mixtress Mom. And this is What's This Bitch Talking About? <laughs> to which the answer to that question is Arrival. The fucking arrival. Finally. We've been talking about it for like a month and a half, and we're really, really doing it this time. But it's so important. We had to really give it our full attention because this movie, I feel like I have seven pages of notes. And I feel like just the fact that I've seen this movie makes me qualified to be in a position to make a difference. Okay. Just you because think this movie should be required viewing for all military personnel. Okay. And people in government. Yeah. And people who make decisions. Hey, I'm technically in government. Yes, you are. You work for the city. Or the at the library. The redheaded stepchild of the government. Well, that's all right. <laughs> I mean, how cool is that? That that movie makes me feel qualified. Yeah. To be somebody that can make a difference. I think that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, okay. Where do you go from there? <laughs> where do you go from where? <laughs> something saying something that big right at the beginning. Well, that's how I feel. Okay, so how should we explain this movie to anyone that maybe hasn't seen it? If you haven't seen it, something's wrong with you. No. <laughs> I just pulled a Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is wrong with you. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. So this is, we're going to tell you what happened in the movie. So you need to go see it. Yeah. You need this to go is, get this it. This is the type of movie that I would not have wanted to be spoiled beforehand. So, if you at all like space movies, talking to alien movies, movies about... Make you think about time. really, really make you think. If you like time-shifting movies, I would say just shut us off and watch it, and we will still be here when you're ready to come back. Yeah, it'll be like no time has passed at all because there is no time. Whoa. Okay, there's your warning, because this is... I, I'm not a person that really cares that much about spoilers, but this movie, when you realize what's going on, you're like, oh, and it just kind of wouldn't have had the same effect if you didn't know. And just remember, when you go to watch this movie, put your phone down, put it on silent. You, this movie requires your full and absolute attention, because if you don't pay attention, you're going to miss what is good about well, it. Well, and I've seen it now, like, what, five times, maybe? And I still get something every time. Yeah. Something else. Yeah. I don't feel like I got anything more this time. And I, how many times have I seen it? I don't. You, At least five. She just, when she likes a movie, she just puts it on repeat. I devour it. <laughs> I devour. Um, so, anyway, is what happens in the beginning, what happened... Okay, that that's it. That you you gotta go watch it's, it now and come back. Spoiler time. Okay. Spoiler time. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're back now, and it's time to talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so at the beginning, you see that Amy Adams' character Louise is um, a teacher, and she is a linguist, and she's talking about languages to her class, and like most of her class just didn't show up, and then all these alarms go off and you find out that there are 12 different alien vessels spread out throughout the world in every place that Sheena Easton had a hit song in 1980. Yep. <laughs> um, 
and that's not necessarily significant, but they couldn't figure out what the significance was to the different places that, that, that they landed. And so the whole world's freaking out because all these alien vessels are here. And what does it mean? What does it mean? And then she gets called in by the government to go and help because she's like one of the top linguists and they need to figure out how to talk to the aliens and figure out why they're here. So that's pretty much the whole setup for the movie. Yes. But it was interesting how the very first scene that you see is her standing in her beautiful house looking out the plate glass window onto the lake and there are two wine glasses on the table and they show that she has a wedding ring and they show little snippets of her talking to a baby and talking to a girl that's about six years so old. So this is before you even see her? This is before she go. you see she's a teacher and she's a linguist. Okay. So it was interesting that they showed this scene first and she's over-talking. Amy Adams is over-talking here and saying, I used to think this was where you began, but then I realized it was you began when they arrived. She's talking to the girl. And she also says in this moment, we are so bound by time, by its order. Yeah. It's like one of the first things said. And it shows that her child is sick and then dying. And then she says, come back to me. And they start with her at school, teaching her students. And it was just mesmerizing the, the way they did this whole movie. And she's talking to her mom on the phone and she's back in her beautiful house after they've arrived and she left the school dismissed class and she's talking to her mom and telling her not to watch that news yeah. channel <laughs> told you everybody on there is, are idiots everybody on there is idiots and and her mom asks her how she is and she says you know me i'm about the same she she's very affectless yeah. Just throughout the movie, she's not, she seems like a depressed person. And so you think that the, these things have already happened. Because you've she, seen her with the kid, you've seen her yeah. when, after the kid dies. So you think this is after the kid dies, but none of that has you happened yet. I'm about the same. Yeah. So apparently she was just not a very happy person. So when the government comes... <clears throat> What's his name? Forrest Whitaker. Forrest I don't, Whitaker. I don't know what his name in the... In the yeah, that's his name, Forrest well, Whitaker. He comes and talks to her about translating. And he just plays her a little snippet on a recorder and is like, what, is, what are they saying? Like, like she's going to know immediately. Uh -uh. Ridiculous. So he goes off to... She says she can't do it unless she interacts with them. And he says, well, I'm going to go talk to the dude at Berkeley then. And she says, well, if you go, ask him what the Sanskrit word for war is and its translation. And so when he comes back after visiting with the guy at Berkeley, uh, he says that the guy said it was... The translation was argument. And she said, no, it's a desire for more cows. And that is qualification somehow for her to go with them. Yes, because, you know, there you go. Um, and then while they're on the helicopter, she meets the guy. Ian. Ian. What's what's his real name? When he played that play by what's his name? The guy that played Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner. Yeah. I've heard he's a real asshole, but you couldn't tell. No, he seemed, he was really cool. He played. <laughs> he must be a good actor if he's an asshole because he played a really nice guy. 
and she she says he quotes one of her books so she already has written a book at this point about language language is the first weapon drawn drawn in a conflict i like mm, that mm. and then he says he'll bring the coffee if they're gonna go talk to some aliens coffee with some aliens coffee with some aliens that was a good quote i like that the composer in this movie is johan johansson who also did under the skin and he probably would be disturbed by that movie yeah i haven't seen that but it's the score is really good the score like in this movie is excellent and i i have to give it a four out of five on sound editing yeah i i was i counted how many times you changed the volume and it was only three three times to change the volume and that is so that is really good freaking rare yeah that is really rare and the times that it was loud in the movie it was valuable it was supposed to be loud yes it was it wasn't it was, wasted decibels no it was it was there for effect and it affected you so okay so she has her first vision after she met with the Aliens. aliens so they have to meet them like was once every 18 hours or something like that it's a weird schedule that they can only be in there for a certain amount of time every 18 hours or something but like i think that. the military made that up no because they were talking about the atmosphere mm -hmm. like they have to recycle the atmosphere or something so that they can go in there even though they're all wearing stupid suits anyway because they're being overly cautious yeah. So her first vision was after, oh, it was, okay, I, I wrote down when it was because I'm going, when was the first vision? So it was after they had met with them a few times and they asked what their names were, they introduced themselves, they took their suits off and said, okay, I'm Louise, yes, so I'm Yes, after she had encountered them without the suit on and she went up to the glass where the aliens were and they said what their names were and so after they had a proper introduction then she had her first vision and it was the first time she had seen Hand. language no it wasn't the first time she saw language their language written on the screen she saw that the first time she went in there but was that the first time she had a vision or are we to think that at the very beginning she was already having the visions maybe that's why she was so weird you know me about the same but the first thing we saw no because was a vision so learning, was she already thinking about this shit was no, she already thinking she was no, crazy no no that they they stuck that in there at the beginning to confuse people who are going to overanalyze it like me <laughs> <laughs> so her first vision was after they had discovered each other's names, had a proper introduction, and they she had a vision of her child, about six or seven, with a horse. It was a very brief vision. Okay, so that was vision number one. Okay. Something that struck me for the first time watching it this time was that in, in the beginning, they really structured, and I think that's why it makes it interesting, they really structured it like it was a horror movie. You know, there's spooky music, everything's dark, she was very scared, you kept hearing her like doing that shaky breathing thing because mm -hmm, she mm -hmm. was very scared about, mm -hmm. about you know, being able to do her job correctly and, and what's this going to be like and, you know, so 
And then typically in a movie like this, the aliens would be trying to kill the humans. So you just think that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. That's just how it goes. And they structured it like that at first before you realized they're, they're never going to hurt you. Yeah. And the fearful guy, one of the military guys that went, went with them up into the talk to the heptopods, he was watching the news and talking to his hysterical wife. His wife was afraid and she was screaming and hysterical. So he was, you know, he was getting some bad influence there. Yeah. Watching too much TV. Watching too much of that channel. Well, and that was something that, you know, this is exactly how this would go. I thought this was very realistic. The government would be doing something and they wouldn't be telling us shit. And it would make everybody scared. Not only because... You know, 24-hour news media and fear, fear, fear. But also, if you don't tell us anything, we're going to get freaked out about it. Yeah. And if they could have just been like, look, we're just figuring out how to talk to them. We're just hanging out with the aliens right now. We don't know what's going on yet. So calm down. And people are just used to making up bad stories. If you're going to make up a story, make up a good story, okay? If you're just making up a story, why yeah. can't it be good? Yeah. It can be. Because you're making it up. Well, the unknown makes you more likely to make up a bad story. Well, let's just not do that. <laughs> okay, so she's in her little cubicle looking at the symbols. And she has another vision of the child. So there's another vision. And she just looks so confused because she just kind of goes off into a trance. And she's like it's like she's in the future. Yeah. When she has the vision of the child. And always in the visions, she looks like she's just coming out of a trance. You know, like her daughter has to say, Mom, Mom. Like, and it's almost like she's used to it. She's used to Mom going off in spacey land. <laughs> Hello, Mom. And while she's off in the future, she's spaced out in the present. So, I wrote down some fun technical words. Logogram is free of time. Nonlinear lithography. Whatever that is. Here comes Gavin. You haven't interrupt us. And I love the visuals in this. They're very blue, gray, and cloudy. And it's dark in the tints. I usually don't prefer, I don't like dark movies. If it's too dark, I get depressed and I don't like it. But this is very calming. Very well, calming. It's, like, it's a bright gray darkness. It's like a rainy day. It's a blue gray. So it makes it better than just gray gray. Some other fun words, xenolinguist and heptapods. Heptapods. So that's what they call the aliens because they have seven feet. I wrote down that um, when they made sounds, when the aliens made sounds, at first it sounded like didgeridoos and the THX sound effect. THX. You know when they do that. <laughs> and you used to turn it all the way up. I love it. So she has another vision of her child where she did a project for school and drew a picture of mommy and daddy talking to animals. And she mentions that in this, in this vision, the future her mentions that her and daddy are split up and, and she 
you know. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to we be both sad. Love you. Yeah. All that shit you say during divorce. So you see that the mommy and daddy split up. That's the first time you know that this is what's happened. And you can tell it makes her sad to be confronted with the picture of mom and dad talking to aliens. Yeah. So the child just sets the picture aside. Put she puts it in her backpack. Yeah. Like okay, I'm not gonna show that to mom again. She got upset. Yeah. And then she has another vision of her as an older. Well, how old do you suppose she was when she was in the hospital? She looked like 19, a teenager. Yeah. 18, 17, Mental somewhere late in there. teens. Yeah, and she was very sick. And then they show her alive and much younger in the vision. So I just, you know, they're flipping all over the place with the visions. How are we doing? Are we ready for the dream? The dream? I don't know. I don't know where I am in time. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So she has a... Okay, wait. Before she has the dream, they, um, she has, or is it before or right after? Either before or right after she has the dream, she's sort of flipping around. She's sort of spacing out and everybody's asking her if she's okay. Does she need to talk to the doctor? And she just keeps saying, I feel overworked and I'm tired and blah, blah, blah. That was just before the dream. And then she's talking to... What's his butt? Jeremy Renner. Ian. Ian. And he, he says that he read about how some people, when they're learning language, it changes their brains. And she says, yeah, that's the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis. Whoa, you have skipped way ahead. No, that happens right before the dream. Well, I wrote that down. Where is it? I don't know. Oh, here it is. Yes, that's right in there. So the dream... Yeah. Exactly. So I want to know more about the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis because I wonder if they have summations about the different languages and how those people are because of their language. So I wonder what it has to say about English. What does our language have in it that Fear. shapes us? Fear. Well, yeah, obviously that's what I'm thinking it probably is because I remember, I don't know what class it was, but we were learning about different cultures and how some cultures are intrapersonal and some cultures are interpersonal. And I think the intrapersonal is like us, where we see ourselves as individuals and everybody else is outside of us and it's us versus them. And like China and places like that, they have a lot of Asian countries have interpersonal language because they see themselves as a unit they see themselves directly related to everyone around them kind of like in buddhism where you believe everybody is the same so they had a lot more we language because they see themselves as more as a community instead of individuals i thought that was interesting it is and there's an asian culture that doesn't have terms for the future so they don't like talk about the future or the past. So I they can't. wouldn't be sitting around s supposing what's going to happen all the time? Yeah, being, <laughs> being anxious and fearful about the future. So that's very interesting. And that knowing different languages rewires your brain to see things in a different way. So how cool would that be to know all the languages? It would be and then crazy. Your, your brain You'd would be just spacing off all the time, just like Amy Adams. That's right. Your brain would just explode, <laughs> explode. So, what, were you going to say something about the dream? No. 
Are you talking about the dream where she just like looks up and sees the heptapod she in the room? Sees the with heptapod her? in the room, and she says, "You know, just because I'm dreaming about them doesn't make me unqualified to do my job." And I love the way she talks, so even keeled about every single thing. Yeah. Well, she's affectless. It's very odd because you're not seeing any emotions in her, like hardly at all, ever. Like, she doesn't really seem happy or sad or joyful. You just see her just anxious or tired or... Yeah, she acts like she's tired all the time, which is how I usually sound on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, beast. Dexter wants to talk on the on the. What are your order. thoughts about Arrival, Dexter? I loved it. I thought the music was cool. Did you? So then they finally get an answer from the aliens about what are you, what is your purpose? What here? is your purpose here? And it was to what Louise got was offer weapon, and other people got uh, use weapon, use weapon, or other ways. And everybody, of course, was freaking out at this point because weapon was not. And it's so cool how Amy would say. You know, well, we don't really understand each other completely, so maybe they meant, like, tool. Yeah. Maybe they meant offer tool, or maybe they're giving us something to help us. Yeah. So, that was very interesting. And... just want you guys to all know that the dog was the one that burped. Yes. It wasn't either one of them. He was. He got up on the couch behind me, and he burped. <laughs> so, it wasn't us. But and, ex excuse Dexter, please. I think it's in this conversation that she says, oh, uh, it was before this, they were talking about how somebody was playing Mahjong with the aliens. China, and, General and, Shang. And she said, well, that's dangerous because if you're speaking to them in games, then you're talking to them about competition and everything being a game. And if all I ever gave you was a hammer, then everything else is a nail. Yep. And I just, that was a big moment because that's how I feel about our society. And Forrest Whitaker said, and here we are, a world with no single leader. So how can they possibly talk to us? Well, that's how they knew, to go in 12 different places and talk to everybody and make yeah. them talk to each other. Yeah. And okay. she also says, our language, like our culture, is messy. When, she, when she's explaining that it might be a tool. It was so cool how she explained how language worked when she was writing on the whiteboard. Yeah. I wanted you know. to use that as the quote, but you have to, because she's referring to the visual of what is your purpose here, the sentence, so it wouldn't make a very good audio quote. Yeah, but. so they have to understand what a question is. They have to uh, they have to understand that you as a whole, not just the you. Collective you, not yes. you individual. And... There's so many things they have to understand. They have to understand if they understand purpose or if all of their decisions are made instinctually. So they wouldn't even understand what a purpose is. Therefore, yeah. they wouldn't understand what a question is. And Forrest Whitaker was complaining that trying to teach them these simple words. These are kindergartner words or something. Yeah. <laughs> Great school. He, that this was 
going to take too much time. And she, she just said, you're wrong. Got up in his face and said, you're wrong. You know, in her this calm, monotone way, this is actually faster. So I thought that was great that she could tell him he was wrong. And, and he was not a bad character. He was just, you could tell that he was going to have to answer to a whole bunch of people that were above him. They were him. asking fear questions. Yes. And he had to tell them why we're doing it this way, et cetera, et cetera. So are we ready for Ian and Louise going up with the fearful army guys at the bottom? Yep. Okay. So the fearful army guys feel like they have to uh, blow up the aliens, the American people, because they mentioned the weapon. And so that made everybody scared. And uh, a group of guys went to put a bunch of explosive up in the room and... Louise and Ian, not knowing about this, went up there to talk to him again to clear up the weapon issue. And the aliens wanted Louise to write on the barrier instead of using the, the iPad to communicate. So she goes up and she has a vision while she's up there uh, about the baby again. And, that, and the heptapod helps her write on the glass. So... She's even more immersed in the language now that she's writing the thing with her eyes closed on the glass. Yeah. And so she's seriously being affected by learning this language. And, this, and I liked it when the doctor said that, that the soldiers were watching too much TV. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but they did give her kind of more of an answer because during this, you know, session part two or whatever whatever the symbol they gave they showed when ian was looking at it on the screen and it was putting all the words of what it meant yeah it, it was like friend heptapod human uh gift offer tool like all that stuff so yeah. all those words were a part of it so they did clarify kind of that that we're going to give you something and that's when, right before the bomb goes off, the Costello one just kind of like flies off and all of these little ink things and this huge message with a whole bunch of their symbols all over. And thankfully they had all their equipment on so they could take pictures of it and stuff. Yep. And then Abbott sacrifices himself to save them right before the... Abbott? Yeah. No, he didn't sacrifice himself. Yeah, he did. No, he did not. He. If you're going to make up stories, make up good ones. He blessed. Well, he knew what he was doing. He knew that he had to save them, and he, like, blasted the wall to shoot them backwards and change the gravity so he could close the door. And, and I'm thinking because he was so close to the glass, that's why he became death process. Oh, I did not think of that. I didn't think about it until this time. Well, I don't like it, so I'm not going to go with that. Well, I mean, he knew what he was doing. No, no, he was just dying of old age. He was not dying of old age. He yes, died he from the bomb. No, he did not. No, he did not. You thought he was just dead for no reason? No, he was dying of old age because he was much bigger and he looked older. Okay. <laughs> so they were saved from the explosion, just like pushed them out and suspended them in the hallway uh, with no gravity. So they were, they 
were saved from the explosion. However, it knocked them both out. How? I don't know because they didn't run into anything. And how could she have gotten a concussion yeah. by just being pushed out of the room? You know, no, can you get concussions from G-forces? I don't know. From air? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So she wakes up and everybody's like, we're going to leave now. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody has shut down communication for a while at this point with all the other countries because at first they were all talking to each other and collaborating and then it all got bad. So she has another version where a vision where her child is asking for the technical term where you make a deal and both get something out of it and, and uh, Louise says call your father which means they still are broken up at this point and she's flashing back and forward because she also sees a vision of her hands with the ink stuff all around them which yeah. hasn't happened yet so she's flashing back in time and flashing forward and you can see her in the future her future self kind of going out of it like she's having a vision and she sees herself in the past and so of course you don't know it's her future self yet well yeah you kind of do well not yet and then she she wakes up and that's when Ian says that he figured something out and that's when they find out that that their message is incomplete that last message that Costello popped up when he flew off and it's one of 12. Yeah. So immediately she goes in to talk to everybody and says, hey, we can't leave. They're not leaving, even though they kind of went higher up so they couldn't be reached after the bomb. But we have to finish the vision. Okay. So the child is asking her about the technical term and she doesn't know and she tells her to call her father. And this is when we go back to the present time where they're trying to figure out this big burst of language and Ian figures out that it's the symbol for time is everywhere and they're one of 12, part of a larger whole. And it's a competition, but all of them win and all the pieces fit together, which is zero non-zero non sum game. Yeah. And so in the future, you see her think of that term and say non-zero sum game. And that's the term that the child was looking for. The people in other places were getting messages like, there is no time, which you can take that as, oh my God, there is no time. Or you can take it as, hey, time does, time works differently. There is no time. Yeah. Many, and many become, many become one. one. That could mean, okay, everybody's going to die, but one of you guys. Or it could mean you're all going to become one. It's a non-zero-sum game. All, all pieces fit together. All pieces to fit one. together. So, oh my God. God, I'm so qualified. <laughs> <clears throat> so then she has the vision of the pod because the the spaceship goes up at this point because they're just going to put a little distance between them because everybody's freaking out. And so she has a vision of the pod coming down to pick her up. And everybody's saying, we've got to get out of here. we got to leave. Shut everything down. And so she goes out and to get on the pod that comes down to pick her up, mm -hmm. take her up into the thing. And this is where it gets crazy. Well, we have to talk about when the like one joke in the whole movie, whenever she's talking to everybody sitting at the table and the guy that's just always like me, 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 me. She was like, why do I have to talk to this guy? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I missed that this time. 
I missed that. You were here. I know, but I didn't. I didn't catch it. I would have written that down. Why do you have to talk to? Why do I have to talk to this guy? It's kind of like we won't be suppressing any opinions here today. Yep, that was that moment. That was that moment. <clears throat> she goes out. She while they're all still sitting around arguing and blah blah blah. She's like, okay, fuck you guys. She, she gets goes, in the little pod and goes up to the ship. And she's on the other side of the glass talking to them. And she kind of looks like she's underwater. Yeah. It's like CGI. Yeah. Underwaterness. Yeah. She's almost weightless, but not really. She doesn't have as much gravity, so she's kind of hopping. And the heptapod. Who does she talk to? Which one's in death process? Costello. And she says, "Where's Abbott?" And he—that's where my—that's my quote. Because he responds, Abbott is death process. Mm-hmm. And that is my favorite because that perfectly fits in with their language. He's not dead. He's death process. Hmm. It, is hap- it is part of the process. He is processing yeah. death. And they tell her that Louise has the weapon to use the weapon. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the weapon opens time. Who is this child? And that's when you go... Whoa, who is the child? She doesn't already know the child. What the fuck's happening? <laughs> that was the best. Unless you've seen it five times and you go. Well, yeah, but the first time watching it, you go, <gasps> Wait, this is she, these are not flashbacks? These are flash forwards? What is going on? Because the whole first time I was watching it, I was like, okay, I get she's sad and everything, but like, do we constantly have to be reminded about her daughter that died? Like, what's the point? Yeah. Ah, I get it now. So this is where she has a vision of her child, and you see her with the framed picture. Yep, the, the same picture. Same that... picture of mommy and daddy talk to animals, only yep. this time it's framed and up on the wall. So mm-hmm. something has changed in the future. And I kept looking for wedding rings in all the visions, yeah, but you really, they it didn't really show wasn't them. in them. They didn't show them. But in the vision, after... After that vision, then there's another vision. You know, just there's just tiny little snippets of time in the movie. She and they're her, always her and Hannah. They're always her and Hannah. Just her and Hannah. And she's standing in her apart, her house, her beautiful house. And she looks confused in the future. You know, like she's having a vision of the past, is what I assume is happening. She's having a vision of the past. So that was interesting. And that was the first, this is the first time I've watched it where I thought, Okay, she's changing the future by doing what she's doing. She's changing the future, but how can that be? I don't know. Just yeah, it, it gets all because time gets all weird, time, man. man. And so the child is trying to get her attention at the lake, and she's going, "Mommy, mommy, mommy!" And she's just lost in a vision, man. So she needs help putting her shoe back on. Yeah. So the past visions influence the future awareness. Is mm-hmm. what I got from that. And that is when I think she puts it all together because, you know, the kid says, are you going to leave me like daddy did? And she says, daddy didn't leave you. You're going to see him next weekend. She said, he doesn't look at me the same anymore. And that's what she explains that that's when she realizes why he left her because he couldn't handle the truth because she knew that the kid was going to get the rare disease and she told him and he couldn't handle it. Yeah. Told him something he wasn't ready to hear. And then when she came back from all of these visions and 
Ian was there to pick her up in the pickup truck in present time. Oh my God, this is so hard to explain. Yeah. She says, oh my God, I realized why my husband left me. And he says, you were married? And I wanted her to say, no, I was never married. <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't say that. Oh. Well, and he's just kind of daft, you know, because she see, keeps saying all this weird shit, and he just doesn't even really <laughs> respond to it. He's just like, wow, she's way too fucking okay. smart for me. She's it's smart, crazy. man, and I am not on her level, so I'm just going to let her go do okay. what she does. All right. <laughs> so they're all evacuating, and... She has the palindrome vision, H-A-N-N-A-H. She's telling Hannah why her name is special because it's same forwards as it is backwards. And then somehow she realizes she needs to go back. Is that when she has the vision from the future of yeah. the guy giving her his phone number? Yeah, uh, I have one little note before that. Why do I say perceive time the way they do? Time is now linear. Nonlinear. Now it's now time is nonlinear. Well, that's... Is that after or before? <laughs> well, I wrote them down in order, okay. so it was sometime so, after the palindrome So, as vision. they're trying to leave, and Forrest Whitaker's saying, we did the best we could, that's when she says that's that. That's when she was telling him. She was, she was saying, look, do you understand what the gift is? Is that time is nonlinear. The gift is their language. Yeah. They don't perceive time the way that we do. And then she's standing out there in the field while everybody's running to get on the choppers and she has a vision and her child says, wake up, mommy. And then you see her at the UN gala or whatever it is where they have all the 12 flags hanging up and the heptapod flag is hanging there's up. There's a heptapod flag? I yeah, didn't see that. there's a heptapod flag and she's all duded up and got her hair all fixed up pretty. And General Shang comes up to her and, and she... She says he just wanted to meet her. Yeah, he was excited to be there, but the reason he was there was to meet her. And, and he said, I don't claim to know the way your mind works, but I feel like you need to see this. And he showed her his phone number. Yeah, that you need to have my private number. And she's looking very confused. But why would she be confused? If this already happened and she would know that and that's how they got to the place. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Just doesn't make any sense, but she is able to make the sat phone call to General Shang on his private number and tell him she what... steals the guy's phone that she shouldn't even have to be talking to. Yeah, the CIA guy. <laughs> I've been doing all the talking. Do you want to finish up here? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so she tells General Shang when she calls a private number... You know, his, while she's still dying words. Yeah, she's still getting this information while she's talking to him on the phone. So she's she, getting this information from the future. And General Shang said, I thought it was important for you to know this. And how did he know that he needed to go in the future and give her this information? <laughs> it's just it's freaking me out a little bit. So at the end of the phone call he said she said, Okay, now that I've told you your wife's dying words, don't forget to tell me your wife's dying words at the gala in a year, okay? Just don't forget, because 'cause I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need that to be able to do this right now. Yeah. <laughs> so then you see all the newscasts of everybody turning back on their communication with all the other twelve people 
and talking to each other. Everybody stands down because they were all in a military. We're going to shoot the crap out of you. And how cool is that? So just that one phone call to General Shang in China because... Because he was the domino dude. Yeah, everybody, everybody follows, follow him. Everybody follows General Shang. Russia and everybody else. And then you cut to the vision of the future where they're standing out in the field they're getting ready to leave yeah right yes and she has a vision of the future where ian is out at her house her beautiful house and she's inside drinking a glass of wine he's drinking a glass of wine and it keeps and flashing back to present time too uh -huh. and she asks him if if you could see your whole life from start to finish, would you still do everything the same or something like that? Would you, would you change things? And his answer was stupid. His answer was a little stupid. <laughs> he said, oh, well, I guess I talk about how I feel more. Because I wanted to see if she was asking him that to decide whether or not she should still pursue a relationship with him and have a kid with him. I figured she was gauging his reaction by asking that question, but you really can't get anything out of his answer. Yeah, because I feel like after she came out of the pod and fell into Ian's arms and said, I know why my husband left me, I feel like at that point it changed the future because she had a vision after that of Ian and she, while well, she was in the field with Ian and they were, all these visions are coming together she sees them together with the child and everything's fine so it looks like you know they're still together and she also has the vision of them making the baby yeah not literally it's when they talk about <laughs> you want to make a baby you want to make a baby and she, she says yes yeah. Yeah. yeah i do i do so, so in that moment mm -hmm. and then at that same moment she's flashing into that moment and coming back because they're hugging because he just said the most amazing thing about all of this was meeting you or something like that. That's right. So she's, I, it's just an overwhelming moment because in that one moment of giving him a hug, it's like she decided, yep, I'm still doing this. I'm still doing it and it doesn't matter. I know what's coming and I'm gonna, gonna treasure each and every moment of it. And that's so cool that you can do that. And isn't that what life is? You know, there's so much crap. Yet you have to treasure all the good stuff. You have to do it. Yep. So when she hugged him in the field in the present time and she's having all these visions, she's oh, I forgot how great it felt to be held by you. And, and you're <laughs> going, why, why doesn't he go, what are you talking about, bitch? Well, he's like, totally, you are so not on my level. And I am just, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be with you, Amy Adams. <laughs> Because you're just so freaking how, smart. How are they going to have this whole relationship without him knowing that she knows She's, everything? <clears throat> knowing that she is now without time, is that, does that mean that if she doesn't tell him once their daughter dies, then he's going to be mad at her because he knows that she knows everything? No, because he's going to read her book. He's going to read her book on understanding Heptapod and... Everybody's going to change their interpretation of time because everybody's going to read the book. I mean, it's going to be like everybody's going to read New the book. New York Times bestseller. 
They're going to be so freaking rich. It's not even funny. <laughs> and they show her in a lecture hall, you know, teaching about the language. I want to read that book. I know. That would be so fun. By Louise Banks. Understanding Heptapod. So that makes me want to learn a different language. Man, it's so hard. Yes. It's so hard. Yeah. Because it's so much more than just learning, this is the word for chair. This is the word for pencil sharpener. Un sacapuntas. And this is the word for this, and it is feminine. And yeah, because you have this to know word how to structure the is masculine. And why would butter be feminine or masculine? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> And, you know, the way that we structure sentences is not the way that other languages structure sentences. That's right. So you're just saying things all out of order if you try to say it the way that we say it. You have to completely relearn everything, which makes sense that your brain would change. Yeah, your brain would change. And you would say, you have a fly on your northwest leg. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, that's all I got. You got anything else, Chuck? Got nothing else. Okay. So we ready for our ratings? Okay. Can't possibly. What's our ratings? Well, object, I'm going to say, is the book because I want to read that book. That's the object you want to pluck out of the yeah out of the thing. I want to pluck the house. Oh, yeah. I want her okay. house. I want to live in that house. It could be our vacation house. Yeah. Or you just want to live there all the time? I just want to live there all the time. Yeah, because it looked like there were woods in the front, but there was a beach in the back. There was a lake in the back. Oh, it was a lake? It was either the lake or the ocean. I imagine it was probably Puget Sound or something. Puget Sound? Whatever. What does that mean? Whatever they have, the body of water in the northern, northwestern United States. Oregon, uh, Washington State. Is that where she was? I don't even remember where she was. I don't know where she was. That would make sense, though, because it was all foggy. And yeah, and gray and overcast, and we need to watch it again to see where she was. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so I want to pluck the house out. What's your quote? Well, coffee with some aliens. Minus Abbott is death process. Come back to me. Those are two quotes that I wrote down. Anything else? Those are the only things I put in my notes of seven pages. Oh, there is no time. Many become one. Non-zero sum game. Those have quotes. That's all the quotes I got. You have an outfit? I did not have an outfit because they were just kind of in military fatigue <coughs> and yeah. stuff the whole time, so it wasn't really... Yeah, she didn't dress very nice when she was teaching school. It looked very plain and boring. Yeah, everything was earth tones and schlubbies. Schlubbies. shapes. Yeah. So, if there were an outfit, it would probably be her uh, camo pants and her work boots <laughs> when she went up to the pod behind the glass. Yeah, but it wasn't really good. No, it wasn't good, but it looked comfy. I'm all about the comfort. So, arrival versus contact. Contact definitely wins in the outfit department. Yes, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, who's your MVP? Most valuable player? Yeah, it has to be Louise. Oh, it's totally Louise. 
Or the canary. That was a good sound added yeah. all the time. Yeah. It was just in the background. It was in her dream. It too. was in her dream, and that was so interesting. Yeah. That's how you knew she was dreaming, because she was in her little trailer. Well, or you thought she was just going crazy. At that point, you thought maybe she was going crazy. That's true, but didn't make her unqualified to do the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so are we ready for our final rating? Yeah. What's yours? Well, what's the scale? <laughs> Zero to five. It gets a... 52. 52 out of 5? Yep. 52. I love this movie. The music was awesome. The colors were calm. Only three times did I adjust the volume. Is that right? Sound editing. I hope I... It's possible I missed one, but... So I'd say sound editing, editing you know... Get the five. I think I gave it a four out of five. I can't find my. Oh, there it is. Okay. So I'm gonna give it a four. <laughs> That's pretty good. Pretty good for me. I guess since we won't be suppressing any opinions here today, I'm not gonna argue with you on that. So, what does HWT News stand for? Because I was looking at the news channels as they were showing everything, and everything was HWT News. It wasn't CNN, it wasn't MSNBC, so what would HWT stand for? Human World Television? Today. Human World Today. I guess. <laughs> Heptapod World Today. <laughs> Okay. All so right. What's what's the homework? What are we gonna do oh, next? Okay, we need to decide. We haven't thought of that yet. Well, let's uh, let me get out my list. And since Sweet. Stephanie mentioned previously, you know, we're just watching all mom's favorite movies. I didn't mean it like that. Well, that's how I heard it. <laughs> well, okay. We let's see. Uh, we probably only have like three or four more to go. Maybe three. Three before we get back into Buffy? Yep. So, what I have written down that we haven't done yet. Long Kiss Goodnight, The Matrix, Joe vs. the Volcano, Tu Wong Fu, Birdcage, Dave. I don't know about Dave. Yeah, you don't need Dave. You have already, you know, watched all of our, you know, you don't have to do Dave. Okay. All I had to say about Dave is Thanks for doing this, Ellen. That's my quote from Dave. So, do we want to, you know, do serious? Like one that's really going to be serious for us to talk about, like The Matrix? Or do we want to just do something fun, like Birdcage or Long Kiss Goodnight? I'm kind of leaning towards Long Kiss Goodnight. All right. It's been so long. There's your homework. Two weeks from today, we're going to review Long Kiss Goodnight. And it's bogey. Bogey. B-O-G-E-Y. Okay. You'll hear about that next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, vampires and slayers. Just a quick little addendum to, like, <laughs> tell you guys where you can find me and shit. Because people on successful podcasts do that. So maybe I should start be more consistent with that. Um, if you like to um, let me know your thoughts on anything, either um, 
follow me, you can follow me on Instagram, Mixtress Buffy, and you can message me on there. Or, um, and also just follow Mixtress Buffy if you haven't yet, because I do posts every time an episode goes live, so you can see what the next episode is. Um, or you can email me, mixtressradio at gmail. M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S, radio spelled the normal way, gmail. Um, if you would like to support me, I have two different ways to do that right now. Um, either you can send me a donation, a one-time donation via PayPal, paypal.me slash mixtressray, Ray with an E, mixtress with an X. Or you can, I have a Patreon now. So if you'd like to send me a monthly contribution, it could be anywhere between a dollar and $100,000. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the limit is. Um, so whatever you would like to send me every month, I'm going to have, and I th my idea right now, I haven't actually asked my mom if she wants to do this, so hopefully she'll say yes. My idea right now is that once I start building up a few patrons, my mom and I can just continue doing our movie reviews beyond the summer. So if you've enjoyed our movie reviews this summer, um, they will be available as a feed on the Patreon. So if you are one of my patrons, you will get to continue enjoying those movie reviews as long as my mom says yes to this proposal. It'll probably be like a once every couple weeks or once a month sort of situation. Um, and there'll be other bonus content available to patrons as well. Um, I just need to build up a few patrons before that bonus content begins. But if you'd like to get that process started to help support my radio show and my podcast, the way that you can do that is patreon.com slash mixtressray. And Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It's like patron, but with an E after the R. And um, I also have another weirdo service that I'm offering. So if you're into weirdo services, a one-time donation of $3 to my PayPal will get you, I will do a little mini tarot card reading for you. So I'll pull three cards for you and I'll also shuffle from my entire music collection, which I have over 10,000 songs. I will shuffle three songs. So you'll get, um, You'll get three cards and three songs, and I will tell you what they are for three dollars. Um, if you send me nine dollars instead of three, then I will pick the three songs and the three cards, and I will also interpret them and just like give you a little reading based on the three songs and three cards. So if you would like to do that, it's just a one-time donation, like I said, and it was to my PayPal, which again is paypal.me slash mixtressray. So this will just be a fun way for me to practice um, with my tarot cards and just sort of give a little bit back to you guys. If you, if you have any other weird suggestions for cheesy little things that I could do for you guys, um, to make it a little bit more worth your while for your donations, um, let me know. Um, anyway, I hope you guys have a great week. Again, your homework for two weeks from today is Long Kiss Goodnight, the movie with Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. It's kind of obscure, let me put you on hold real quick so I can see if it's available digitally anywhere so I can tell you guys where to find it for sure. Okay, um, that was kind of unsuccessful. I was able to check Netflix and it's not on Netflix streaming. Um, I was not able to check anything else because my internet isn't working right now, I just discovered. So um, normally I'd be able to search on my Roku and it would tell me, you know, 
how it's available and where it's available, but um, I can't because it's not connected to the internet. So <laughs> I am no help. They might have it at your local library. If not, you might be able to get it via interlibrary loan. Um, it's in a, a more obscure movie. It's from like 1997 or six. Um, one of those. And it wasn't very highly regarded, but it's a really good action movie with Gina Davis as a lead role. So it was a movie that I was completely obsessed with in like eighth grade. Gina Davis in this role was personally responsible for me becoming a goth kid. <laughs> Mostly because of her smoky eye makeup in this role. So um, watching this movie would seriously give you an insight into to, into who I am as a person. I think. So it's just a cheesy action movie and I think it's really underrated. So that is your homework for two weeks from today. We will be back with the review for that. Um, see you guys next time. Bye. For real. Bye.